Hello and welcome to Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World, where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Performance marketing is all about attention. It's the currency that is traded between consumers and advertisers, whether it's seconds on a screen or clicks on a link. So if you're not an attention seeker, you're not doing it right. I'm Lucy Shelley, reporter at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. Today, I am joined by our US guest, Aaron Goldman, CMO at MediaOcean, an ad tech platform that connects brands, agencies, media technology, and data, and manages one quarter of all global media spend through their software. Aaron was awarded the LinkedIn B2B Thought Leader of the Year in 2020, and is also the author of Everything I Know About Marketing I Learned From Google. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for being this week's Tension Seeker. How are you doing? I'm good, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Well, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at MediaOcean? Sure. Uh, I've been in marketing and advertising for over 20 years. Uh, half of that is uh, the CMO of, of ad tech companies. I started in sales for an online ad network uh, called L90 uh, back in the day that got acquired by Ask Jeeves, if that gives you a sense for how long ago that was. Uh, then I helped start Resolution Media, which is uh, now part of Omnicom. And then in uh, 2020, I joined Kenshu, which is now Sky and led marketing there for about five years, moved over to 4C, uh, which got acquired by MediaOcean in 2020. And uh, yeah, here at MediaOcean, I uh, lead the global marketing team and um, really just uh, try and focus on bringing all the different capabilities into market. And um, yeah, that, that's me. And, and I should probably apologize too. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts at 1.5x speed. Um, so I talk really fast. So if any <laughs> listeners out there are struggling, maybe uh, dial me down to you know 0.75 and that should be the sweet spot. Oh, so they need to slow you down. Do I, do I need to catch up then to make, there otherwise go, yes. our listeners are going to have a very strange experience. Get on my level, Lucy. Let's go. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. All right. Well, as this week's Tension Seeker, I want to know what's been getting your attention recently. What's something that's been catching your eye and is at the forefront of your mind at the moment? Yeah. One of the big things I've been paying attention to is um, Netflix introducing advertising. Mm. Uh, I just think it's it's a massive opportunity um, such a, a lucrative audience. Uh, you know, I think that the targeting will be really rich. Uh, well, I s- suppose maybe that's pun intended. Well, I guess maybe not. If, if, if the people with less money will probably do the ad supported tier. But, <laughs> um, you know, if we look at the big picture, and it's another pun, I'll have to stop doing that. Um, we, we have a chance to really uh, rethink TV ads, I think, you know, changing the format that's been around since the beginning of long form content, you know, the, the commercial as we know it. And, I know we all love our Christmas ads. Uh, you know, John Lewis is uh, always one of the first. My personal favorite is uh, Kevin the Carrot, I think, with Aldi. Yeah. Um, but I think it's time that, you know, t- TV ads did more. Uh, and, and, and so you're seeing some of that from the likes of um, Sky uh, and NBC Universal in the States. They're being very innovative with some of their streaming ad formats, kind of blending brand and direct response starting to enable commerce. But I think it's going to take Netflix coming in with new formats to really make it take off. Um, if you think about what's happened with uh, TikTok and, and short form content, you know, vertical videos uh, had been around, you know, Snap was was really one of the pioneers for that. But TikTok just changed the trajectory for the industry. And now everyone else is copying them. And so I think we'll, we'll sort of see what Netflix does. Uh, if it's just the standard 15 and 30 second spots or, or something more immersive, my guess is probably a combination of both. Um, and I also think it's interesting that Microsoft was chosen as their advertising partner um, mm. to, to serve uh, the ads on Netflix. And so 
there's a lot to unpack there. I think you you know you can think about the fact that Microsoft is you know independent. It's 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 not competitive uh, with Netflix in in terms of the content. Um, it also now owns Xander, uh, which which has a tech platform. There's probably also some side deals that that went into it uh, with whether it's you know Netflix uh, using Azure or or maybe Microsoft committing uh, ad dollars as an advertiser itself. There could be a lot of different ways to to, to look at it, but um, most importantly, I think it, it's it's that uh, it kind of goes to show that the ad model is is still needed. It kind of validates my existence. I I went to school for advertising. I've I've done it my entire career, and so if there was like an existential threat that you know everything was going to become subscription based and ads would go away, I think Netflix, who always said they would never do ads, uh, now that they've come around, I think uh, means that uh, this industry will will be around and thriving for quite some time. Mm. I mean, do you do you think then that TV ads almost because they're becoming the outdated form of advertising? There's so many new forms of advertising that are more modern, and especially with TikTok, it's completely changing the way people consume content. I mean, it, it almost seems like that's old fashioned now, doesn't it? It, it does, um, and I think that's where there's the opportunity to evolve. I mean, there's no doubt that having the sight, sound, and motion, the storytelling experience of of you know a big picture. Uh, and also the fact that with television, at least linear television, you're reaching um, audiences, oftentimes large, large audiences, all at one time with the same message. So there's something about being able to create sort of a cultural or a shared experience versus the one-to-one advertising that happens on you know um, on uh, digital formats. But I think the future is really a blending of the two, and that's where streaming really provides this opportunity to have that big sight, sound, motion experience where you can bring emotion into play, but also the benefits of, of digital marketing, things like uh, the targeting, things like being able to make it interactive so there can be a call to action, there can be potentially even embedded commerce. Uh, so I do think it, it, it's um, the blending of the two that's going to be the path forward. Absolutely. And we want to know how much of an attention seeker you are, Aaron. So can you tell us a time where you have done something completely ridiculous for attention? Well, uh, and, and you could uh, find it yourself on, on YouTube if you were so inclined. I uh, once did a freestyle rap battle oh, at a search engine marketing conference. Uh, so there you have it. It was, um, uh, I, I went by the name PPCMC <laughs> and I battled against uh, the SEO rapper, um, the PPMCMC, that was just a made up moniker for the moment. The SEO rapper is, uh, he's legit. His name's Charles Lewis. He's been around for a while and he had been putting out uh, great content. And so I just sort of called him out on social media. I challenged him to a battle. Uh, he took me up on it. He definitely put me in my place. <laughs> That's um, amazing. But, We've got to get uh, the rights from you so we can put it in this podcast as a little intro music. <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's all out there. It's available. Uh, and it's, uh, Definitely um, something that has become a little bit of a gimmick now too. Uh, so, so I actually took the show on the road, if you will, and, and I've now done it at a few mm. other conferences. Um, one time I did at, at an ad tech conference, um, I pretended to be both sides of the rap battle in Mark Zuckerberg versus Sergey Brin. And I kind of like oh, changed wow. shirts uh, in between rounds. So it's become uh, a, a little bit of a thing. Now. Painted your face in half kind of flipping to each side, trying to do both sides. So you, I mean, you're conquering so many different uh, industries. You've written a novel, you're, you're in the music industry. What, what, what's next for your advertising expertise? Well, I think we're all going to um, live in the metaverse uh, one day. So I'm going to have to come up with my 
uh, my full uh, avatar. Actually, might dust off my my uh, character from Second Life. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, they used to only have a few different types of names to choose from uh, in Second Life, and so I think I still have um, G Dog Glenno uh, was my <laughs> name, and hopefully that'll still be available. Fantastic. So that's that's where you're going to be conquering next the metaverse, and. A question that we ask all of our guests is, what can cookies tell about you that mm, you'd probably rather they didn't know? Well, of course, luckily, Google gave you another year to ask that question, uh, having just announced yeah, that they're going to delay the phase out of, of uh, cookies in Chrome. Um, as, a, as a consumer, I'd, I'd like to think uh, that it wouldn't find out that much uh, about me by looking at my cookies, partly because... I um, go incognito when I need to, um, but actually, I have, I have an interesting story uh, on this one. So, so um, back in 2007, I uh, decided to sell a month's worth of my data on eBay, uh, and so I, I posted an anonymous listing, and I kind of said, you know, don't waste your time trying to figure out who I am based on my cookies or other things. I will give you my data. I'll hand it over, uh, and I, I let the bidding uh, go. I, I kind of said that the that the proceeds would all go to breast cancer research. So mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't trying to profit from it. Uh, I ended up getting 17 bids uh, and sold it for $350, which I think in oh today's gosh. money would be something like 275 pounds or something. But at any rate, um, and then, yeah, I sent this stranger uh, 30 days of my search history, my web browsing, uh, credit card transactions. I, I did scrub a few things out to kind of protect my anonymity. And, okay, and the deal was yeah. they could show, they could use the data to show me um, one ad per day uh, based on my data. And I guaranteed that I would look at the ad and give them feedback. And so, you know, I was trying to prove a point, like if we cut consumers in on the action, if we make the value exchange more clear, and of course, if we tailor ads based on the data, then we can kind of create more of a, a win-win scenario. I think that's actually, you've nailed an important point there, which is about the kind of communication, the the conversation around it with consumers, knowing how their data is being used. I think we published a story recently um, uh, something like 27%, as only 27% of people know how their data is actually being used in advertising, which I think was actually probably a bit high. I didn't think that many people would know. But it, I think we need to encourage that conversation because it's not all bad news, is it? No, it's not. And, and I, I think um, what scares people about it is the fact that they just don't know how it's being used. And so your mind goes to these darker places and they know, oh, so, you know someone's making money off me and, and I don't know how. And if we showed them how and actually shared some of that with them, I think they might be much more uh, inclined to, to, to go along with it. Absolutely. And performance marketing is, it's largely about ratings, what we measure. And so we have asked you to bring something that you think is overrated and something you think is underrated. So shall we start with what you think is overrated in our industry? Well, Lucy, if it's okay with you, I actually brought the same thing that I think is both overrated and underrated. Ooh, um, I like that. If you don't mind breaking the mold a little. And, yes. And we actually, it, we, we mentioned it earlier. It's the metaverse. Uh, and I think um, in the short term, it's massively overrated. Uh, but in the long term, I think it's massively underrated. Um, and so if we maybe start with the short term, I think uh, for brands today that are you know looking to grow their business with a metaverse strategy, they're going to be disappointed. Uh, we're just not there yet. There are some places to test and, and you can run some ad hoc experiences, but but the scale's not there. And and, and so uh, it, it it's not going to be a, a core part of any of uh, today's marketing strategies. But longer term, I think it's going to be as big as the internet, if not bigger. 
Um, and it, so if we expand the horizon out 10 to 20 years, I think it's underrated because I think if we'd tell people 20 years before the internet that, hey, there's going to be this thing that's going to be massive uh, and, uh, and we now know what we know, uh, people would have probably moved a little quicker to adopt it. And so, you know, as we get more comfortable with um, AR and, and VR, as we spend more time um, at home, whether it's the impact of the pandemic or, or climate change, um, the way that we experience the world and, and interact with each other, uh, over time, we'll, we'll move more and more to, to the metaverse. And we have some of the foundation uh, built up. You look at things like um, crypto or Web3, and those will be elements that'll help power the, the metaverse. Again, I think another reason why it's sort of overrated in the short term is those things are so volatile. Crypto is, is up, it's down. Lately, it's been down and, and more down. Um, so it, it, it can be uh, uh, intimidating or, or, or scary for uh, brands and for, for uh, consumers to, to tiptoe in. But I really think if uh, we, we keep the longer term horizon on, I, I do think the time to start testing is now, learn what you can, um, but don't expect like the results that are going to transform your business until much later. It's interesting because I think for brands at the moment, it's about knowing when to jump in, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously it depends on the size of size of your company, the budget that you have and everything. So this is not a, this isn't a cheap experiment, but I mean, what advice would you give to brands about knowing when to hold back and watch other people go first or when the right time might be to jump in? Yeah. As you said, it's, it's certainly situationally dependent, um, but I think there's, it's never too early to test different things and understand the impact. It, it's not going to be, at least in the short term, it won't be for every category. It won't be for every audience or every type of brand, but certainly uh, if your audience uh, or, or customer Excuse younger. If there are things that you can do in a virtual world to create a brand experience, um, so maybe not something that's um, physical or tangible, but digital goods, uh, things like that, um, or even converting tangible goods into digital goods. Uh, you know, you think about like um, a Nike or a Nike, as, as I would call it. You know, you you can outfit your uh, yourself in the metaverse using their um, sneakers or, or uh, uh, other apparel, and in so doing, you can get a sense for, all right, is this something that will have, uh, are there elements of my brand that people will, will want to interact with in these types of environments? And then as you start to then see more usage and get more of the data behind it, then you can build up from there. But it's never too early to, to start testing. I'd like to talk to you about your best practice. So if you could tell us a little bit about the most exciting project that you've worked on and how you got other people's attention. Sure. So um, I'm in B2B marketing, right? Our, our product is sold to marketing departments. So I, I market to marketers uh, and it can be very challenging. Almost the hardest people to market to probably. <laughs> yes, it, it's a discerning <laughs> lot. Uh, you know, they're, they're busy. They see right through the jargon. They don't suffer foolishness uh, unless maybe it's freestyle rapping. Um, <laughs> but um you know, all of these elements kind of come together each year at the uh, Can Lion Festival of Creativity. So it's a, a big annual event where the best ad campaigns of the year get awarded and attendees come from all over the world, brands, agencies, media companies. And so it's a great opportunity to, to get in front of this audience, um, but very hard to get attention. You're at this glamorous event in the south of France with all the yachts and the celebrities. Um, so we uh, did it the old fashioned way and, and we just produced content. Um, we uh, partnered with Beat TV. We put together the Media Ocean Retreat. Uh, we had over 70 speakers. 
um, a very uh, diverse uh, set of leaders. Uh, over half were women. We had great representation with uh, people of color. And, and the content was just, it was top notch. We had covered topics from uh, creative to social to uh, NFTs to just uh, uh, leadership and, and talent. And so it was a great way for MediaOcean to kind of stand out against this backdrop of, of um, excess with something really more of, of substance. Uh, and so it was a great couple of days. And what came out of some of those conversations were uh, opportunities that help are helping uh, lead to actual business results. So truly a good outcome as well. Performance marketing is very, it's a complex, complicated, very niche industry. And so I'd like you to demystify an element of it and teach me something. And I'll be your student today. Um, yeah, so over to you. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with omnichannel. Uh, it's a very big buzzword right now, but I'm going to break it down. And let's start with what it's not. Um, so it's not uh, any single channel. It's not cross-channel. It's not multi-channel, right? We're truly talking about every channel. And it's... Um, Taking an approach across marketing from thinking through uh, the audiences uh, to the creative to the media that, that really considers every channel and, and uh, every campaign is, needs to be omni-channel from, from the beginning. At, at MediaOcean, we like to say that marketers need to market the way consumers consume, right? which is always on. It's seamless across screens and devices. It's about that surround sound effect. So omni-channel is going from strategies and campaigns that are built for just one or a couple channels to ones that are truly built for all channels. And of course, there are nuances. You can do stuff on you know, TikTok that you can't do on television. But the idea is that all those are elements of a omni-channel campaign. And it's about how you balance that portfolio and how you make sure you're meeting your audience um, in the moment at, at all moments. And, and that's omni-channel. And do you think brands are on the whole executing this well, or is this is this a strategy that you know it, it's hard to execute properly? It can be hard to execute properly. You still have a lot of um, silos, uh, whether it's um, with the brands and their organizations or the agencies and partners that they work with. A lot of that uh, infrastructure was all built up one channel at a time because that's the way that the world was built up. All right. We started with, you know, print, then we had radio, then we had television, then television sort of fractured. Uh, uh, and then, of course, the Internet changed everything. And so with each stop along the way, you had the first step always with a, a new quote unquote channel is to, you know, build up a center of excellence around it and understand it and learn it and test it. Um, and then you hope that once it becomes mature, it then gets moved into more of a, a, an across the board or, or an increasingly omni channel type of approach. And so there is still a lot of that kind of legacy set up, both in terms of like the teams and the technology that teams use. Um, but there is now omni-channel platforms available. There are now people, uh, uh, brands and agencies taking this more holistic omni-channel approach. And we are seeing a lot of momentum in that direction. And the hope is that that just uh, continues. And each time a new opportunity comes around, be it advertising on Netflix or something in the metaverse, it's framed more from a standpoint of, okay, how does this fit in to everything else we're doing versus how can I carve this piece out and go after and build a, a, a campaign just for that area? And would you say with Omnichannel, is it using, it can't be, you know, to use every channel must be impossible, but if you kind of, is it about choosing the right ones and using them well rather than using as many as you can, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I would say it's about considering every channel, maybe not using it, but at least considering it to really understand, okay, is this something that is a, an area where I can engage my customers or prospects? 
And, you know, there may be situations, there may be budgets uh, that don't allow you to truly do everything. But as long as you've considered it, and then as long as you've thought about how everything will play out together, right? If uh, the, the, um, you don't want to have an experience where when someone uh, interacts with you in one format or gets a message from you in another, it, it's jarring or, or it, it, it's not um, consistent. And so that's really where the benefit comes in, whether you're just doing a couple channels or truly all of them. Well, we have got over the easy part of the podcast. We've had all the warm-up questions through and we have now come to the final section, which is all about getting my attention. And this is the Resell Me A Pen Challenge. Uh, and yeah, so we have chosen for you an item to remarket in today's world. It's outdated, it's old-fashioned, it's no longer used, uh, and we'd like you to remarket it, ideally with a performance marketing strategy, and this will be graded at the end, so please do try your hardest. And we have given you a pager. So over to you, Aaron, when you are ready, resell me a pager. Okay, uh, let's start with the pitch. So, do you like messaging your friends and family? Do you wish people would stop calling you and just send you a text? Do you like the sport of uh, deciphering cryptic acronyms or emojis? Then do I have the device for you? Uh, it's called a pager. And this handy device is the perfect size to clip onto your waist belt so you can wear it comfortably. And the screen is optimized just for numbers. So your friends can send you their number when they want to talk. They can spell out words using numbers as shorthand. Uh, so you can say goodbye to uh, distractions, sayonara to long run on text messages, and say hello to the pager. Oh, and did I mention the ringtone? It's not some annoying popular song, just beeps. And the tagline could be something like, make a leap with every beep. And I'm sure I could put together a full <laughs> rap for you. Uh, going in, And so that's the positioning. And uh, then for uh, performance marketing, um, so Clearly, we're going after um, the burner phone crowd. Uh, these are people involved in uh, illegal or illicit activity or otherwise maybe trying to stay off the grid. So it's, um, it's unlikely that we have a big uh, CRM list to use here. They're most likely on Twitter using fake accounts or, or rocking their Finstas. Uh, I think they're called spam accounts on, on TikTok. So we'd have to run uh, interest in keyword targeting. So, you know, uh, TikTok accounts that have spam in the name, uh, perhaps people engaging with um, QAnon or other conspiracy content, maybe the lottery. These are the types of things that our audience here uh, will be likely to be engaged with. So we'd run search and social, maybe start a TikTok challenge with that, um, the Jay-Z song from um, 2000, uh, uh, Give It To Me. You know, it's like, um, I'm a hustler, baby. I just want you to know. And then he has that line that's like, uh, um, uh, Motorola two-wage page me. So we could kind of get people um, rocking their pagers and doing that whole trend and and then maybe a little affiliate marketing too. So, uh, you know, get uh, get your pager free when um, three of your uh, business associates uh, buy a pager. So that's the plan. What do you think? Oh my God. Well, do you know what? We'd put it over the edge. Is there a little freestyle rap we can get for you about pager? Yeah, you got you have to deliver when 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 the people ask. So just to, just so that everyone knows though that this is true freestyle and not something I prepared, I'll let you give me a couple of words to work into the rap. So what do you think, Lucy? Okay, I want pager. Okay. Um, I want illicit. Okay. I want QAnon. Okay. And performance. Off you go. Okay. 
<laughs> Goodness. All right. You, well, just to be sure, though, uh, have you has my grade? This is just extra credit on the grade, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just the bonus. Grade, grades decided. <laughs> okay, yeah. Good. All right. So we'll have to start with uh, maybe a little bit of uh, a beatbox to get the juices flowing here. <laughs> Yo, yo, it's AG, in the place to be. They used to call me the PPC MC. I went all on stage, you know, it was a rager, and then I rocked out. Oh, my little pager, I busted it out. We listened to the beep, the message came in, and what did I see? Oh, I can't say that, that's illicit. I don't even know what to do with it. But if I see a conspiracy theory, you might know that's QAnon and they're coming for me. So let's do a rap. Let's do another dance. Let's do another chance. Let's take it up for performance marketing in the place to be PM dub. That's my name. I'm going to shout it out like a leafy shrub. I'll go on stage. I'll do it like Mary Meeker because I'm all about the attention seeker. Peace. Oh my goodness. That actually deserves a round of applause because that was fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness. I was blown away. I was I was actually thinking you were gonna say no. <laughs> don't I don't don't ask me to do that. Um well I think I mean it's obvious what score I should give this. There, there really is that if there was it's a shame our our score actually only ends at ten because if I could score higher I would. But I mean full full marks. Lucy promised bonus points. I think we can go over for this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was in my head. I was thinking it's got to be at least a twelve out of ten. I'm going to give you 120 percent here. So yeah, that is absolutely what you've got. I mean, what to what time is you're in the US right now? What time is it for you? Uh, it's 11 a.m. So I hope we have given you a great start to your morning. And a 12 out of 10 on the attention seekers resell me a pen challenge with a fantastic wrap to finish on. Thank you so much for being this week's attention seeker. I have thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with you today. And hope we have satisfied your attention-seeking desires. Indeed. Thank you, Lucy. It was a lot of fun. Cheers. Thanks, Aaron. As they say, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to find out more about the news and trends from global brands, agencies and platforms in the performance marketing industry, register with us on our website, performancemarketingworld.com. And don't forget to look out on our socials, which are linked on the site and in this episode's description, to send in suggestions for next time's Resell Me a Pen Challenge. Thank you all for listening, and I look forward to you joining me next time. Mm-hmm.